0: Here, which would be hip pain. And when I say common, I don't mean that it's the most popular thing we see. I mean it's something that's most commonly mismanaged. So, starting off, Stephanie, why do you think that hip pain is so commonly mismanaged? What what makes it be the one that people show up here and just don't seem to have the answers on?
1: Gosh, there's so many different sources that can produce pain into the hip. And you know, when you go to a healthcare provider. Um, whether that's a doctor or a physical therapist or even a chiropractor, they go to like where the side of the pain is, and that's and that's all that they do. And so you'll get imaging there, and they'll do you know um, they'll just do only treatment there. And you'll have like muscle tightness and all, all these like symptoms that you have, but you really have to figure out like where the source of the problem is coming from. And like I said, there's so many different types of sources of um, that can produce pain and refer pain into that hip
0: I mean that does seem to be not even just with hips though like such a common thing is that everybody seems to just go to oh my blank hurts okay let's just look at this and then assume that well you said your shoulder hurts it's got to be your shoulder because your shoulder hurts which I feel like that's like 95% of people we see here who have been dealing with things I mean when I first started here it blew my mind when people were like I've had this for 10 years I'm like you've been in pain like debilitating pain for 10 years and you're just now making it here, which means that I mean, we've seen people with dry needling to everything. Like they're willing to like stand on the roof and and chant to the to the sun to try and fix things. So, I mean, it is true. What what do you think is the um, the struggle for people with hip pain and actually treating it when they find out that it is coming from the hip?
1: Yeah, the the biggest struggle is, I mean, well, first of all, usually with the hip pain, it's something that. Will start to slow you down. Um, it's really annoying, nagging pain, typically. But it, it can get to the be to the point where it's like super debilitating in the sense that, like, even if I just take a step and walk, it really hurts. Uh, and you know, usually when people are looking for something, you know, it, it's affecting their lifestyle in some way. And mm-hmm. you know, they can't be active. You know, we find people uh, that are runners or cyclists, but we also have people that just. Are, have sitting day jobs and would like to go and work out. I mean, there's so many people that that have have this type of pain. Again, it's really getting to the source of it. And so some of the things that we find that can produce hip pain, like I've had people have come in, you know, that their pain wasn't coming from the hip at all. It was actually coming from their thoracic spine. And literally when we started asking more questions and diving in and figuring some things out and moving their body, as soon as we started addressing stuff that was going on in their thoracic spine, it was like, oh, my God, I feel it. I feel it on my hip. I'm like, up oh, there we go. That That's where the source is coming from. Literally, the, the pain, like we could move the hip in all different directions. Back pain, oh, my gosh, that is another big common one that will refer pain down in, into the hip, um, and it gets missed. And if you are going after the hip first and you don't really rule out the back, then you're going to be missing it. Um, and, and that's, and so again, you just can't go to the side of the pain. A lot of times people will go and they'll have like muscle tightness and they'll be t- told that they have like piriformis syndrome and mm-hmm. they've got to do ART. And, and they, are again, you're treating the symptoms of the tightness in the hip and you've got to figure out well, why, why is that happening? Um, and then you can really truly have hip issues, um, that, that are the problem. And, you know, when I tell people, like there's a process that you have to go through in order to really resolve this, and if you if you miss any of the steps or you put them in in, in in different orders, it doesn't really work. So if you work on strengthening because you find out that the hip is weak and that's and that's the first thing that you go to, well. If you don't get to the source of improving the mobility, like figuring out is it coming from the back, is it where it's coming from, it doesn't matter. You have pain in that hip. The muscle will not activate until you get to the source of resolving that pain. So I always tell people you have to improve the mobility first before you can get the stability. Uh, And you've got to look at the mobility of the back. You've got to look at the mobility of the hip. Um, I mean, and I mean... potentially the mobility of the thoracic spine. If, if we feel like that's something that's, that's going on there and so if you don't improve that then you're missing the point and a lot of times when people think of mobility they're thinking oh i've got to stretch my piriformis or i've got to stretch my hamstring um and that's not the case like those are symptoms of some things that are going on you've really got to get to the source and it's it's interesting like i've had a, a dancer and um that's been in here before and literally her hip was bothering her and her hamstring was so tight. And everywhere she went, they did dry needling on her hamstring, they did um, stretching on her hamstring, and it was like, it was getting worse. And I literally did not even touch her hamstring. All I did was improve her mobility in her hip, which was in a direction that didn't even stretch the hamstring. It literally was like stretching it into some version of like hip extension with rotation, um, as stretching that piece of it out. And literally she went and she goes, oh my God, my hamstring flexibility is better. And I'm like, yeah, we've, we've improved the, mo- the mobility. So you've got to get to the source of, of, of that mobility. Often people are moving in the wrong direction. I mean, you almost have to go in the opposite direction in order to open up different things. And then you can go start working on the stability. And if it's truly coming from the hip, what I find is is they're gonna be super weak in their hip extensors because usually the mobility that they're missing out on, it could be some, some version of, of flexion, it could be um, flexion rotation type activities in the hip, but it often um, we've gotta take them in the opposite direction. Their extension is also limited. Their extension with external rotation is limited. It could be internal rotation. Um, there are all different directions that we take baselines for and then we start doing mobilizations, um, manual stretching, releasing tissues while we're stretching to really open up the mobility and one direction usually will open up all directions and and once we have the baselines and we're just testing you you'll see that all these baselines that we take will start improving and then we know we're going in the right direction or the wrong direction we know we have to go in a different direction based on how the body responds and that's why an evaluation is key you can't just go and blanket say like oh just go and do these things because your hip hurts it, it doesn't work that way And evaluation is key but when that happens usually hip extensors are what are so weak and if you don't improve the strength in that area you tend to go back into the same movement patterns and relocking that hip up again and so those two things are big key things that that people miss all the time I mean I we get so many people in here that have tried Everything. When I say they tried everything, they tried like ART. They've tried um, doing dry needling. They've tried chiropractic care. They've tried physical therapy. They've tried um, drugs. And um, physical therapy again. Yeah, and <laughs> physical therapy again. And so, and by the time they get to us, it's like they aren't sure if we if we can help them. But by after the first visit, usually they're bought in because they're like, oh my god, I haven't felt like this ever with any other session that I've been in and then we really give them the tools on how to maintain it and keep it as we're guiding them through that whole process
0: I think a big thing though you just said that like a lot of people don't realize and I wouldn't have realized this at all is that you can't, not everyone's the same so you can't just like hit up the doctor or the PT that's on like an online chat and be like hey my hip hurts, what do I do? And like expect an answer like and, it, and I feel like that's like a big thing in the medical world is that people expect everything to be cookie cutter and not even just the people administering like the therapy at times even like the patient expects it just to be like my back hurts should i phone roll and then it's like is it your back and they're like and you don't get those answers unless you have a true evaluation you can't just pick up a phone and be like hey stephanie i heard you're great my shoulder hurts what do i do next like i feel like a lot of people don't realize that you really are one of a kind you move in a one-of-a-kind way you do weird things that you probably don't even realize you're sitting weird you're standing weird you we just naturally do. I mean, I know for a fact I've caught myself before. I, I've sat like like a, like, a homeless man across the couch. And you're like, okay, like, this is not good for me. But I don't think people realize that. Another thing I wanted to say that was really, like, really weird that I've noticed is you were talking about that you can get hip pain from your thoracic spine. And it's like these people having this hip pain go in and they get told they have an MRI, they check their hips, and they're like, the MRI says you're fine. So you're fine. Go out. You're good. Have a good day. Like, but I'm in pain. Like, I, I hurt. And it's like, I mean, how many times have you heard of somebody telling you that MRIs told them that they were good? And in reality, they're living their life where they're not even enjoying themselves. So.
1: Yeah, that happens all the time. And it'll happen either that way, where they don't show anything, mm-hmm. um, or it'll happen that it'll show that they have a labral tear. And that's kind of what they look for. Um, Eversoft, you also have the people that will say they have arthritis. Sometimes, like, we've had a few patients where, like, we can confirm, like, I can confirm that it's arthritis because if, if it really is in the hip, what you'll hear is a, is a like, a grinding mm-hmm. as you move. And I'm like, yeah, I don't know if we're going to be able to help this. So you really can tell if truly if arthritis is, is the issue in the hip. But for as far as labral tears, there's, there's things that can mimic labral tear. And that is not a surgery that you want to have unless you absolutely have ruled everything out. Because the people I know that have had those surgeries still have issues. It comes back again and again and again. Because I don't think they're really getting down to the source of the problem. And just like anything else in the body, like whether it's meniscal tears or even rotator cuff tears in the shoulder, um, you can image a hundred people and depending on, you know, no matter what body part, like this is research after research after research, and it's going to show 60 to 80% of those people that have no pain, fully functional, are going to show something. And so just because you have something doesn't necessarily mean that that's where the source of the problem coming from, and that's where we're missing the boat. So you go and you get imaging, a lot of times that just leads to, to more procedures, and unfortunately, doctors don't have a lot of time to spend with you it's like you're in there and you're out there you see them for like five minutes and honestly i couldn't figure this stuff out in five minutes i would have ideas of like okay i think it might be this or this just off this short conversation but i would need to really move you to reconfirm that that's really what it is um versus versus other things and so you know if they go in and they spend five minutes with you and it sounds like gosh you aren't your hips not moving very well oh there's a there's a labral tear well that fits the picture of it but it may not be that, that because there's other things that mimic a labral tear, just like there's other things that mimic a meniscal tear that's not that at all, and we can get you back to fully functioning, moving, and living life without having any problems, um, and it's pretty easy to determine because you're either going to get better or you don't, and it's very consistent um, if it's really, truly labral tear, but I can tell you I've never sent anyone to the um, doctor's office with, confirming that it's a labral tear. Usually. It's nope, you've resolved it, you know, everything looks good, you know, you're, they're back to all activities, or it really truly is an arthritic condition. Those are the two, two cases. Like, I, I've never sent someone to um, the doctor's office saying that, yep, I, I think this is a labral tear in the hip. It just never happened to me.
0: It's crazy to me because we had someone call not long ago. And they were just doing some regular at home exercises and like the next thing you know, they speak to your doctor and it's like, let's just replace your whole hip. It's 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 bad. This thing is not good. And it's that's wild to me. I'm not a big medical. Like, I don't go to the doctor, like I could be falling apart. Like it's probably too much on one side there. But it's just crazy to me. I went to the doctor's I was telling you like not long ago, my fiance, and it's like, You go in, what's wrong with you? This. Okay, it's this. Bye. And you're like the hell, what happened to this, I was here for 10 <laughs> seconds, like I saw a nurse for like 20 minutes, sat by myself for 15, and so my hour visit was like a, hello, I'm so and so, okay, it's this, goodbye, and at the end of it, you're like, I don't even know if that's, I don't even know Is that, that was what I was here for, so it is wild to me that like, people go through these like, excruciating pains, and they're seeing for 15 minutes, and the next thing you know, they're signing up for a surgery that, it sucks, but like, they might not need, and that's what's crazy to me, is that like, surgery's not fun. Everyone knows that. I think that's like a universally accepted thing. Nobody in their right mind is like, oh, I'm going to get surgery on Wednesday. I'm hyped for this. Like, (laughs) it's not a thing. So to think that like, especially like the hip, like the hips and the legs and everything like that and, you know, you losing your independence in reality going through this stuff, especially if you're older, like it can change your whole course of life in a 15-minute conversation, which when you're saying things like this where you've actually, like I've seen it with my own two eyes where you see people come in and you're like, she walks like she's falling apart. A week and a half goes by, two weeks go by, and they come back in, and you're like, "I." there was somebody we saw the other, like this past week, I didn't know it was the same person. Like, Obviously, you had done a lot of work, it was even based on like how she was sleeping and everything, but I didn't realize who she was when she came in, because the last time she came in, every other step was followed by an ooh and an ah. So I'm like, it's crazy, because those are the people, when you're in that level of pain, you are willing to do whatever, whether it be injections, I mean... How I many people get injections because that's, like, their go-to? Like, I'm in pain. This is the easiest answer before surgery.
1: Well, it's only options they, they get. I mean, so and I, I can't tell you how many people that had surgery scheduled and then came in here and then didn't need... And, like, canceled their surgery because they didn't need it. I mean, it's happened with knees and shoulders and hips. And um, and so, I mean, we've had people that were actually on the, the table to have surgery for their back. And they were like, I don't know if I want to do this and literally got up off the surgical table and said, I'm going to, I'm going to figure something else out and came in here and literally in a month they were back to, to doing everything. So it's, it's really, it's really sad. The problem with like getting injections or, you know, doing surgery is most of the time you're not really sure what you did. I mean, it's mm-hmm. the same situation with that person. It's like, well, you know all of a sudden I woke up and I started having pain and I'm not really sure what I did. And so yeah. really when they come in here, it's us trying to figure out and what is, the, what are the movement patterns that they're doing. So once we resolve the pain, we got it, we figured it out, everything's moving, starting to work on the strengthening. We can also figure out like what they're doing throughout the day that's creating some of those patterns and start changing some of those things. But you've got to get to the source. Like people don't have like, if you don't understand that piece of it, it's like, you know, just like anything else, injections. You get an injection, you're more more than likely you're just treating the symptom. Because we feel pain in three different ways. We feel pain chemically, we feel pain mechanically, and we feel pain thermally. So thermally would be like that um, burn, sunburn, so we'll take those off the list. So mechanical pain is like movement or the mechanics are off. Like that's when you come in and see someone like a mechanic, like us, like that really truly understands the body to, to figure those things out. If you treat... Um, chemicals are like those the um, your body's like super inflamed um, and you you know the chemicals are coming in to take care of of the issue so you can treat chemicals with chemicals but you can't treat chemicals with mechanics because all you're doing is treating just a symptom at that point and that's typically what happens and if you really look at like the research on injections like I was shocked when I was going through all my training I had to read research I mean up to my waist practically standing up and the no matter what body part, like the injections for the most part, in anywhere between three to six weeks, it was no better than just general exercise. And again, it's because you're not getting education as to what you're doing throughout the day, getting down to the source of the problem, and really fixing the, those pieces. So you're just treating a symptom when you are given an injection. And then when you have surgery, maybe it fixed the part, maybe it didn't, maybe there was something else going on. You, just, you don't even know But, again, if you don't get down to what are you doing that created that problem, you're just going back in the same patterns to recreate the problem and and start all over again, which is why a lot of times, you know, a year down the road or two years down the road, you're like, oh, my God, it's the same thing again or this didn't really resolve my pain. It sort of did. Like, it did for a while, but it's kind of back again. Um, and when you aren't really sure what you did, it wasn't from a fall or an accident or things like that. There's something that you're doing throughout the, your, your daily life repetitively or in a position for a long period of time that's creating some of your problems. And you've got to get down to the source of what that is too. Otherwise, again, you're just treating a symptom and you're going to keep on going down these this, this pathway that you don't want to go down of, of frustration and, you know, fear of like not being able to stay active or, you know, having to slow down. And, and that's what we... That's what we do. We help you not have those fears and, and getting you back to all of that.
0: I think it's, it's, it's crazy is because you talk about symptoms and actual source of pain is that when you're treating the symptoms with the surgery, with the injections, all that, that's why you go back and have to do it again. And then going even into like people's fear, like we nobody wants to have to sit around and do nothing. With surgery, you do that no matter what. That's what's crazy to me is that like people are t- having these surgeries because they don't want to have to stop living their daily life. They don't want to stop even if it's just a basic thing like going is to, you know, the grocery store, and you—that's like that's certain people's highlight of their day. And you now can't do this for six weeks because you're on surgery. And then if you have any complication with the first surgery, then it becomes a whole other world that you can be in. And it's like it's just wild to me that at the end of all that, you still haven't even got to the reason that you were having the surgery. Like even if it was a good, like say you needed the surgery, whatever it is, I would still, as a human being, because I'm a why person, like to know why I'm currently about to get operated on like why am I in this position so I can stop this and that's like one that always stands out to me in terms of the um, knowing what's going on is when you guys deal with you and Lisa with the um, with cyclists and like watching the whole movement patterns even down to like the shoe and the shape of the shoe and all that and like uh, like when you guys are doing that you're holding the shoes up in the air it looks like <laughs> Sherlock Holmes and Watson and it's like but it's getting to the reason that this person's in this pain it's not just like hey do you know you're in pain we're going to try and stop the pain it's like Hey, we know you're in pain, we're going to deal with the pain, but let's find out why you're having the pain so we can stop you from getting to having the pain. Like, let's get rid of this piece that's causing it instead of just getting rid of the pain, letting it build back up because you've never changed your action, you've never, like, it's, it's, I mean, you use the greatest analogy all the time with the finger, like, if you really did, if you held your finger back for hours, no matter what you do, you could take any painkiller, you could take any shot in the world, if you're still holding your finger in this terrible position, you're in pain because you're still doing something that's causing you pain and it's, it's crazy to me because I never thought of it like that prior to seeing it. Because I also had a very different perspective on what physical therapy was. I thought physical therapy was like rehab for a long time like I thought that it was like you fell you go to physical therapy. I didn't realize that like it's more than that and what I've realized more from being here though even is that it's not even just therapy it's like putting yourself in the environment when you put your body in an environment that is healthy when you're putting yourself in a position that your body wants to be in, when you're giving yourself correct nutrients, when you're eating foods that are full of, you know, that you're eating your greens, you're getting your fiber, you're getting your nutrients, you're getting all these micro things, and you're putting your body in an environment to recover and, like, revive itself. It has, like, we're very, very capable of getting through things. But we have just came so reliant on the modern world of modern ways of fixing things and not just treating our body Reality just correctly and nice, and now we don't even let ourselves recover because we just we don't even give it time. We don't fix the pattern and then give it time. We're just like, I'll just get this part cut out and see how that goes. I'll remove this here. I'll take this out, and like that's become the norm more than just living a healthier life, whether it be nutritiously, whether it be in the patterns that you do, and just being cognitively aware that you're gonna have to change things. Like you're gonna have to strengthen things at times. If you've been walking weird for the last forty-five years you're going to have pain. If you've been sitting at a desk all of a sudden post-quarantine and you've been, you know, you've been standing up running around and all of a sudden you're back into your office and now you're sat up for five hours, six hours, eight hours a day, your body's going to have to adjust and you've got to be ready, like, ready to treat it a certain way. Like, it's, it's crazy to me that we're so unaware of it almost.
1: Well, that's, I mean, people are unaware of, of things they do throughout their whole entire life, but it's coming to a place that can bring awareness around that Mm -hmm. and I mean I would almost tell people like we're more of like coaching you back to living your life again yeah because that's kind of what we do because we bring awareness around the activities that you're doing throughout the day like they start putting two and two together Mm -hmm. and you can't you can't do that unless you're around people that um, really understand the whole entire situation so, that, that's, a, I mean, a big piece of it. And, you know, I always tell people, like, surgery should always be the last. You cannot take surgery away. There's so many complications that could happen with surgery. And we're not even guaranteed that it's going to work. Mm-hmm. Uh, but trying everything else possible, things that, um, it, it, you just have to. You just have to keep on finding answers. Because yeah. I'm telling you, you know, even if you don't live in Dallas and this is not, we're not a facility that's close to you, literally, like, there are people out there that can help. You just have to keep on looking and searching. Um, don't take what people say is like, well, this is just what it is. And if, if things don't add up to you and if they can't explain why they're doing something to you, then you need to find another place. And if they're going to be very, um, like, uh, I don't know, like have a God complex because they don't want they're like, Well, I, the it best. is just the way it is and, and I'm I'm the best and I fixed it and, and you shouldn't be having any problems. Like you're you're at the wrong place. Yeah. <laughs> because they're always someone should always be fighting for you. And I think that's one of the big things that happens up here is that we're always fighting for for our clients, like regardless if we can help them or not, we're finding people that can help them, or yeah. maybe we're putting four eyes on it versus just two. So you're getting or two, two therapists. Yeah, you're you're getting you know two therapists that are, are looking at you to really figure it out and brainstorming to like because we always want to know the why. Like if even if I can't help someone, I follow them because I want to see what happens because it gives me information to where if I see these same things that are happening with. The next person, I'm like, I know exactly what to do. I know where to go. I've seen this before, Mm -hmm. and this is probably what's going to happen. And and you're just always constantly taking information on. It's never a a situation where, you know, we know it all. Um, We're all, like, we know a lot, but I know there's still things that we can learn. We always can learn from our patients. We always can learn how they respond. and and where they go to next to to really help them but that's that's what makes us very unique because we can really guide people through the whole medical system regardless if they're told that maybe it's their heart well it may not be it's mechanical if you can ask questions to really determine that to to know like we've had people that were going to have hysterectomy and it was hip issues and we resolved i was like well this makes no sense when you're asking them questions because they could change their position and make it better and worse and i'm like that's, that doesn't happen. You don't need a hysterectomy. Literally, you know, after seeing us, they were calling us going, oh, my God, I slept for the first time in, in like, six months, and I was about to have a hysterectomy. And I'm like, yeah, you, you didn't need it. Like, it's mechanical. You can, de- you can determine that by moving them and asking them the right questions.
0: I think that's why it's like I always say that the hip, like, makes you light up. Like, if it's a hip thing, it's purely out of the fact that so many people have been told that this is it. Like, you are in a position, this is how your hip is, like, this is this this is that like they I feel like a lot of the people we get who are hip related problems are the people who really have like hit a wall of like they're, they're at their end like they're about to either A get a surgery or B they just believe that they just have this terrible hip God bless them this terrible hip and life's just going to suck forever and it's funny is that like you do like you genuinely look excited when you finally when they leave and you turn around it's like it's their hip it's their hip and then you and Ben are talking and then it's like Lisa pops in and everyone knows now what like you've got it and it's like it's pure, though. Like, that's the thing that always stands out to me and was the big thing of, like, why it's so exciting to be here is it's this pure feeling of I can help somebody live their life. It's not like I can help somebody walk. It's I can help somebody do everything that they wanted to do and enjoy everything they wanted to do. They want a horseback ride, they're going to a horseback ride. Like, that is it. And that, that is, I think, the really nice thing about when you start getting something just being people-to-people, one-on-one, you get to sit down and you get to have that is that, you're just as invested in their health as they are at that point. I mean, honestly, sometimes you're probably a little more invested in than certain people are, but I think that is, like, the ultimate deciding factor in, like, if you really think that you're at your end and, like, and you know somebody, let's say you have a friend who knows somebody who's at their end, I really think they need to maybe not even come in and see us. Maybe it's somebody in, you know, Wisconsin who's you know they're dealing with. it. I think they need to hear people like this and hear yourself, and hear what happens here, because it happens in more places than just here. We're not, we're not the only people on earth who are saving people from. Like, there's a lot of people out
1: there that are.
0: But like, people need to at times because you once you've heard it off of four or five people, you start convincing yourself. It's like if somebody said, "Hey, Stephanie, you could never be a PT." If somebody said that she'd want you to you once, you're like, "Okay, you're just maybe you're just a rude, depressed person." But like five people in, you start believing people. But then all of a sudden, you have to like really look into yourself and go, "Is this it?" and Like, that's where you've got to do it. And, like, that's where I think at times people need light. Like, in this way, whether it be listening to something like this. They need hope. Because you can't just... Once you give up on yourself, it's, like, game over in anything you do. Like, the second you go, I just suck, this is it. This is the way it's going to be. Like, you're not going to get better because you gave up on even trying to find your answers. So, like, if anybody does know anybody dealing with that listening to this, I just strongly suggest, even if you don't even send them this podcast, if you physically just let them know that it's not the end... You don't realize the impact you make on people. That's why, like, whenever I talk to any patients that we have, I'm like, just let people know that, like, if you have somebody who really is just struggling, even if you're not sending them here, even if they're from Nevada, just letting them know, like, don't give up on where you're at. It isn't the end of the world. You're not going to have to live in pain. No one should ever have to feel that, like, this is it. Because it can be, like, when you stop doing the things you love, especially then, it's just sad. Life becomes not fun to live.
1: Yeah, I think um, I understand where people come from because I've, I've been there with <clears throat> different issues in my life, whether mm-hmm. it be um, injuries or just other health issues, and literally it, the medical system is very depressing. Mm-hmm. It's very depressing to tell you there's nothing else you can do, this is just the way it is, and I just have the personality that if someone tells me, no, it's not possible, I'm like, well, I'm going to figure it out. It's going to be possible, and I will figure it out, and, and I won't stop until I do, which is great because that's what I do for my patients as well. But it is possible. There's there are people out there that that can't help, and it's one of the things that that we do here. Like if you live in Dallas, um, we actually do what we call like these free discovery visits, where you can actually come in. Um, do it either on the phone we can do it through zoom and we can do it live where you can sit down and talk with one of our specialists so that we can really help you make a better decision about your health and help you navigate things regardless if, if you even come here or not now the majority of people once they talk to us they do want to come in here but that still is an option like that's not it's a choice that you make and we're just here to help you make a better decision um, regardless if you come in or don't come in and so I know one of the things that we'll have in the, end of the podcast is um, we'll actually have a link in, in the yeah. comment section. So if that's something that you want to do, you can sign up on the link. And um, we, we open up you know, two or three spots a week for these type of things. They do fill up pretty quickly. But um, the spots are there, and they're there for you to, um, or for your friend or your family or, or, or anyone that you know that's struggling with something like this for us to really help them navigate this and make a better yep. decision about their health.
0: That, I think that's the thing as well is that sometimes you hear people say things and like I used to do this. I'd be like, well, I'm not in pain. And then I'd be like six months later. I'm like, I'm still not in pain. But now I know someone so is in pain. And like being able to help a friend in that way is so rewarding. When you see somebody who's going through like their mini version of hell right now because they're just not even enjoying getting up out of bed. When you're able to do something like that it is it's it's rewarding in ways that you can't even you can't even describe. So and that's why it's been like working As weird as it is, I've never worked somewhere where, like, answering the phone literally feels like you're impacting someone's life, and you can't beat that, especially when it goes from, I can barely walk and I'm about to get cut open to, I'm going and playing in the backyard with my kids, I'm going on a bike, I'm, you know, doing, going on vacation without, I mean, how many people have we heard who are, like, going to cancel their vacation because they're in pain?
1: Yeah, they can't walk and... Yeah, like,
0: that's horrible.
1: You know, have fun with their family, or even just sitting and working.
0: No, I know. (laughs) But on that note, I think it's time for us to go help some more people. (laughs) And again, just look in the description at the end of this. We'll have the link to those discovery visits. And we'll talk to you guys soon.